Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Praise God. Uh, today, I'm going, uh, Pastor Poole and Kathy, they are in Southern California. He had a pastor's conference. He was ministering at there. And so I am going to be uh, preaching this morning on what I've called the power of the cross and it's significant, I believe, that we are in Memorial Day weekend when we are honoring and remembering those who gave their lives for uh, the freedom of our nation. And what I want to concentrate on this morning in, the, in ministry is the one who paid the ultimate price for all of our freedom in every nation from from every ethnic group, from every people, Jesus Christ died on the cross, shed his blood, uh, was laid in the tomb, rose again, ascended into heaven, and because of that, we're free. Praise God. And so I have come this morning with good news. And with all that's going on uh, in our nation, throughout the world, we could use some good news. Last week, there was that tragedy and heartbreaking news out of uh, Texas, and, and uh, we are, uh, it seems like uh, continually hear things that are uh, uh, crisis and tragedy and, and troubling, heartbreaking. Uh, and in the midst of all of that and the troubling times that we are in, you and I, as God's people, can still have peace. The reason this is true is because the gospel is the gospel of peace. In Romans chapter 10, verse 15, it says, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Many of you know the word gospel that's used here, it simply means good news. And so my sole purpose this morning is to preach <clears throat> good news that brings peace. Amen. To bring glad tidings of good things. Amen. Tell yourself, good things. <clears throat> the good news today is that the power of God is available to us and for us to calm our fears to heal our bodies, to set us free from whatever may hold us captive. Amen. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. <clears throat> the gospel of Christ, or the good news of Christ, is the power of God to salvation to us who believe. And this is a room full of believers. The, the word salvation that's used here, it comes from the Greek word sozo, and it means forgiveness, healing, protection, deliverance, safety, peace, and a lot of other good things. Tell yourself, good things. good things. So I want to repeat again, I come with 
good news today. It's the good news of the gospel of the power of God to us who believe it brings forgiveness, healing, protection, deliverance, safety, peace, and a whole lot more. Everything that is available to us is because Jesus died on the cross. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. And the good news for us today is the power of the cross. Now, this was a message that was a priority with the Apostle Paul. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2 through 5, Paul writes, he says, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so there's good news today. And the good news is that the power of God is available to us who believe. Paul prioritized this message of the cross because it's the preaching of the cross and our understanding of the cross and what Jesus did for us, the price that he paid for us that releases the power of God. Everything that God has done for us can only be understood in the finished work of the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he cried out, it is finished. Now I want to tell you what he wasn't saying. He wasn't saying, I'm finished. He wasn't saying, I'm done for. He wasn't saying, it's all over for me. He wasn't saying, I'm dead. This wasn't a cry of defeat or resignation. It was a cry of ultimate victory. It is finished. All that we needed for him to do for us had been done. It's finished. Tell yourself, it's finished. Now today, everything that we need to live a good and full life, everything that we needed for him to do to prepare us for our eternal life, has been accomplished, it has been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, it says, As His divine power, there's that word again. I like the word power, don't you? We need the power of God moving in our lives, don't we? As His divine power has given to us all things, all things, tell yourself all things, that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who is called by glory and virtue, by which we have been given, or by which has been given to us 
exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The cross and the power of the cross has paid for everything we need. And today, there are lots of needs represented here. There are those listening online that you have uh, needs in your life. It may be physical, it may be spiritual, uh, it may be emotional, mental. uh, And today, every need that we have has been paid for, bought and paid for by the shedding of Jesus' blood on the cross. And there are specific needs we're going to pray about at the close of this service. And before we get to that, I want to talk about several specifics where the power of the cross benefits us. I've talked about His forgiveness. Thank God uh, He purchased our forgiveness. Every one of our sins has been bought and paid for through His blood. Aren't you glad for that? The Bible says he will not remember after we have received Christ into our lives, after we have repented of our sins, ask him to come into our heart. God forgets them all. That's something. Some of us had volumes, didn't we? And he obliterated them through the blood. But there are several other areas I want to look at where the power of the cross benefits us. And the first of these uh, that we're going to consider is in healing. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 24, it says, For who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live, excuse me, for righteousness, by whose stripes... You were healed. Jesus suffered to pay the price for our healing. Now, none of us will fully understand the extent that Jesus suffered for us. The beating that he took, the whipping that he endured, the mockery that he faced, the pain he bore on the cross, and ultimately the estrangement He felt from the Father as our sins were placed on Him. When Jesus was on the cross, He bore our iniquity. He bore our sins. And as they were put on Him, He felt the estrangement that He had never felt from the Father. We have seen movies about His suffering. We've heard sermons preached about it, but we will never know the full extent of the suffering he endured for us this side of eternity. But God help us to enjoy the benefits. I said, God help us to enjoy the benefits. Jesus paid too dear a price for us not to contend for what has been given and promised us through his suffering. And one of the benefits we should believe for and contend for is healing. Some years ago, I was in Denver, and I was preaching a meeting 
<clears throat> and at the close of one of the services, a lady came up to me and said, I know that you won't remember me because it's been some years since you've preached here, but she said, a number of years ago, <clears throat> you were preaching here, and I had just been to the doctor with my son, and he had been diagnosed with a brain tumor. And we are obviously concerned, she says, I uh, asked for prayer for my son. You prayed for my son? And she said, then we went back to the doctor, and after they did x-rays, tests, whatever they did, she said they couldn't find a tumor. It was gone. <clears throat> now, I can tell you that that tumor didn't disappear because I'm such a powerful guy. Our staff here, Pastor John, Harry, Rosemary, myself, uh, Alex Chadsey, the other Alex, we've all, and, and so many people in our church uh, have prayed for people, and we have prayer teams after the service, they pray for people for healing, and have seen, we have seen in this church, so many people over the years get healed, and it is not because we are these awesome and powerful people. It is because Jesus paid the price for our healing by the stripes that he bore, by the suffering that he endured. And one of the benefits of the suffering that he experienced is the power to heal in his name. Now I want you to tell yourself, in Jesus' name. And at the conclusion of the service, we're going to be praying for those who are in need of physical healing. First area that we've looked at is uh, the power of the cross is seen in healing. Secondly, the power of the cross will set us free from habits and addictions. Uh, over the years, I've had a confidence in praying for those who struggle with alcohol, drug, sexual addictions, and other damaging habits because I have seen so many people, as they have asked Jesus to set them free, I've seen them set free Amen. and then live free. Amen. I was uh, teaching a class a month, a couple of months ago, and in this class I, I was talking about the power of Jesus to deliver. And I mentioned the story of a, of a guy that used to go to church here. He graduated and went to heaven some years ago, but his name was Tom Easley. And Tom had been a, uh, an alcoholic for decades. I'm not, I'm not talking about just a little bit of uh, alcohol abuse. I'm talking about a complete hardcore alcoholic and for decades throughout his life. And he came to church here for a number of years and uh, he would respond and ask Jesus to forgive him, but then go back. And, you know, uh, there were several times that he came to church here and he acted out because he was drunk and, and had to be ushered out because of the, the noise and the commotion that he was making. But about a year and a half to two years before Tom went on to be with the Lord, the revelation of the power of Jesus' blood clicked. Amen. 
and he received complete deliverance from that alcohol addiction and he did not drink for a good year and a half to two before he went on to be with the Lord. He was completely delivered. <clears throat> he, began, he began to serve in the church. I, I taught a class on Monday nights. He would be the first guy here to help Cindy and I set up for the class. He would be the last person to leave as, as he would help in cleaning up. Afterwards, uh, he was living for God, living his life for Christ. Uh, he was set free because, listen, the power of God is available to us to release us from habit or addiction. First Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, on verse 10, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Somebody say, yikes. <clears throat> verse 11, and that is what some of you were. Somebody else say, yikes. <clears throat> but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now, I like this portion of Scripture because here is it lists all of this junk that messes us up and keeps us from enjoying life as God intended us to, and yet it doesn't end with a condemnation or a how disgusting. It ends and talks about freedom. And read that verse 11 again. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Amen. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. Jack Hayford, who is a tremendous man of God and is really a pastor's pastor, wrote these words about this portion of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And he writes, Hear our gospel or good news words for any whose past has involved any lifestyle or deeply staining incident from our past. And such were some of you. The most dehumanizing Shame-inducing, memory-riddling sins are covered through the washing of Christ's blood. In Christ, we are sanctified, declared completely the Lord's property, and justified, declared completely not guilty of any past record. And so, the good news for us this morning, for any of us who may be wrestling with habits or addictions, long-term behavior that we know is not pleasing to God and that is damaging to us, I'm speaking and the gospel 
speaks good news. We can be free by the power of the cross and the blood that Jesus shed. The cross of Christ is a promise of freedom. And finally, this morning, it's also a promise of peace. Now, let me just break for a moment. When I say finally, I'm talking about 10 or 15 minutes. So, just didn't want to give you false hope, folks. <clears throat> one, of the, one of the biggest differences that I noticed in my life after I got saved was that I had peace. Uh, in the early years of my life, I, from early, early childhood, as long as I can remember in childhood, I suffered from worry and anxiety. And this really shouldn't have been the way it was. I came from a, a good home, good family, parents that loved me, uh, two sisters that loved me most of the time. Uh, <clears throat> And uh, I always had clothes to wear. I always knew that there was going to be food on the table. It was a, a safe and loving home environment. But from my earliest memories, I, I experienced anxiety and worry. A, a lot of you will remember me talking about my first grade teacher. When I got into first grade, and I had been experiencing anxiety and worry before, but in first grade, it, it kind of kicked into another dimension. I had a first grade teacher named Ophelia Smith, and uh, this woman uh, sadly was demonized. And uh, she, uh, she was, we called her Miss Smith because she wasn't married, and there was a very good reason for that. <laughs> I don't believe that anybody could have lived with her. She would be... She, she could be a, a very nice, calm, sweet, uh, this little southern lady, you know, and all. But then in class, okay, she would be that way, and then she would just manifest. I can't think of any other word for it. She, she slapped me like three different times on the back for just missing a word reading. Uh, she hit one kid over the head with an empty Coke bottle because of something that he did. She threw books at kids. Uh, one day we were standing in line for wa uh, the water fountain, and we, she wanted us regimented shoulder to shoulder. And Jimmy Pope, this uh, heavy set little kid, was standing just a step out of line, and she comes and rushes up, grabs him by the arm, pulls him out. I said, stand shoulder to shoulder, and I hauled off and slapped him across the face. Left a handprint. You could see a, a, the welt of her hand on his face. And so we were terrorized and spent that year, you know. And so early in the morning, 6.30 in the morning, I would be up, dressed, ready for school, and pacing the floor in our kitchen, worried about what was going to happen the, that day. And so as... Uh, I had better teachers in second grade, third grade, on through school uh, mostly. Uh, none like that. The third grade teacher uh, was a family friend. Her name is Mrs. McMurtry. And she told my mom that one day she came up and just put her hand on my shoulder as I was sitting on the desk. She said, I could feel the tension 
radiating out of him. And so this kind of followed me all the way through school. Uh, high school years, I started drinking and, and getting high, smoking a lot of pot to, to deal with anxiety. But in 1975, I moved to Arizona to Flagstaff to go to college. Three weeks later, somebody told me about Jesus, and I got saved. And when I got saved, I got delivered. And I mean, I got delivered from, from worry and anxiety. Uh, it was the first notable, noticeable difference in my life after I got saved and that I didn't have that constant, incessant anxiety that I had lived with the majority of my life. Now, I had times where I had gotten worried uh, about a college exam or or money things or something like that, but I didn't live with that constant nagging anxiety. Jesus set me free. Amen. When I was a young pastor, I visited my parents' church back in Alabama, and uh, I had been invited by their church, was Presbyterian Church. They invited me to, uh, to preach and to speak. It was the 4th of July weekend, and I preached about freedom and gave my testimony. Just so happens my third grade teacher, Mrs. McMurtry, was a member of their church, and after I got finished, she came up to me, her eyes were wide, and I mean, she's a little bitty lady, and she, she looks up at me, points, and says, you're a miracle. <laughs> well, I'm a young pastor, I don't really know quite how to answer. Well, yes, thank you. You know, I do. I didn't really know how to respond. I think I did say, well, God, God worked a miracle, and he had. What she remembered was that tense, anxious third grader, and now she saw me free. The power of the cross is a promise of peace. First Corinthians, or sorry, Colossians chapter 1, verse 20 says, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. The price for our peace was purchased through the cross. In Isaiah 53 and verse 5, it says, For he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes... We are healed. Listen, we are in such tense times. In, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, In the last days perilous times shall come. That word perilous also means fierce. And anyone who watches the news or views what's happening worldwide today knows that we are living in perilous and fierce times. 
Because of that, it can be very unsettling. The stuff happening on the world scene can be very unsettling. What's happening in our nation can be unsettling. What's going on in our personal lives and in our families or work circumstances or these type of things can be unsettling. But in the midst of our lives and the midst of an unsettling world, you and I can have the peace of God. And we shouldn't settle for anything else. And I understand this morning there are many who are, who are here or listening online who are worried about stuff. And I haven't come this morning to add worry or guilt to your worry. And I'm not preaching to say, how dare you worry after all that Jesus has done. That's not my message. My message is this. You and I don't have to live Lives of constant, nagging worry and anxiety. The truth is there are a lot of things that concern all of us in our personal lives, our family, our finances, and more. Things that can make us anxious. And my point is that we do not have to be ruled by or controlled by fear and worry. Now, probably all of us worry more than, than we should, but we can do some things to counter it, and I want to know what they are, don't you? I'm going to talk about two things quickly, and then we're going to pray for needs. <clears throat> Firstly, and most importantly, we have to learn to, when we are worried, and this is a big ask, when we're worried or anxious about things, to turn our attention away from that and toward the cross. And what I mean by that is not looking at uh, what's hanging around our neck or something, but, but to remember that Jesus paid the price through the shedding of his blood on the cross so that we do not need to live constantly harassed by worry and anxiety. We need to learn to turn our attention away from the worry toward the cross, the price that Jesus paid for us. And this really was the truth that I received after I got saved. Uh, Times where I would get anxious or worried about something, I remember thinking to myself, I do not have to live this way. There are times in my life today where I experience anxiousness or I'm worried about things and I have to remind myself, I do not need to live this way. I'm not going to live my life. We do not need to live our lives ruled or controlled by fear. Jesus paid the price to set us free. He died to purchase our peace and it's ours. I want you to tell yourself, it's mine. And so first of all, we have to again recognize what he paid and the price that he paid for our freedom from worry. And then secondly, we have to take a stand. Colossians 3 and verse 15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. So he says, let 
Or in other words, allow the peace of God to rule in your hearts and be thankful. Now I know that <clears throat> when I say these words, read the Word of God, most of you will say, I believe, I believe the Word. I do believe the Word of God. But when it says let, that we are to let or allow the peace of God to rule in our hearts, if we are worried and anxious about uh, money, lack of money, our kids or whatever it is, it can be a big ask to say, don't worry about that stuff, but let the peace of God rule. Amen. Now, we think, I think sometimes, you know, how can I not focus on this thing I'm worried about? It's a pretty big thing. And just saying, don't worry about what I'm worried about doesn't help much. So we can wonder with all that's going on, how do I let or allow the peace of God to rule in my heart? Glad you ask. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, there, there are several things that are spoken here that will help us stand against worry and regain the peace of God. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so what we do is we stand against worry by praying about everything. You say everything, everything, everything that bothers us, everything that bugs us, everything that makes us worried or anxious, we bring it in to the presence of God, we submit it before Him, and we pray and thank Him for all that He's done. What He's done in our past, listen, there are so many here that have asked Jesus to forgive you of every one of your sins, and He answered that prayer. We need to remember what He's done. He's forgiven us. There are so many here that at times have, uh, you've experienced God's power in your life, of provision and His protection. Pray and, 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 and bring into His presence everything that bothers you and remember to thank Him for everything that He's done in the past because He's done it before. He'll do it again. Pray about everything. The reality is if we would spend a fraction of the time praying about what's bothering us, then worrying about it, we'd have a lot more peace. Amen. Colossians 3 says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Philippians 4 says the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds. And so we have a decision to make, and that is I'm not allowing worry and anxiety and fear to rule my life. And we don't just say, uh, in my name, we say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Because of what Jesus did for me, He broke the power of darkness. He has broken the lies of wickedness that say, you'll never get ahead. Your family will always be in need. You're always going to have this problem. You will always be sick. Listen, in Jesus' name, He breaks the power of those lies and causes us to enter into freedom. There are some of us, 
and I believe that there are some that, and it may be something of, of her, uh, heredity. It may be just something because of experiences in our past. Some of us are more prone to worry, anxiety, worry and anxiety than others. I can tell you this. I was more prone to worry and anxiety. I don't know that my parents were. I don't, I don't know about the, the, the lineage that was there. But whatever that was is broken. Whatever generational curse is broken by the blood of Jesus Christ. And when I gave my life to Christ, I discovered something powerful. And that was, I don't have to live my life controlled by worry or anxiety. There are times in my life where I'll go through a day or maybe a couple of days where I'm unsettled, anxious, worried, but I always come back to the place and usually it stops about the time that I remind myself I don't have to live this way. This is not my lot in life. It is not your lot in life to be worried and anxious continually. Jesus paid the price for our peace. Tell yourself, peace be still. Praise God. Let's bow our head and close our eyes today. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He rules with peace. He rules in our hearts and lives through peace that was bought on a bloody cross. And so we pray about everything and we thank God. We, we thank Him for who He is, for what He's done, what He's going to continue to do. This morning, as, as heads are bowed, no one looking around, or if you're listening online, your head bowed there. If you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart and life as Lord and Savior, then today you can. You can know the freedom and the forgiveness of sins that He paid for when He died on the cross. He loves you. He cares about you. He has an incredible plan for your life. And all we do is respond to Him. No one looking around for a moment. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, but you'd like to this morning, nobody looking around for a moment. You just slip your hand up and acknowledge your need. You say, I'd, I need to give my life to Christ. You raise it up where I can see it. Know to pray with you. Agree with you in prayer. Praise God. God bless you. Is there anyone else? Bless you. Honest heart. Maybe you've been away from Him. Maybe you at one time or another gave your life to Christ, but you, you've been living uh, like you know you shouldn't and have been living a life that, and allowed things to come back that shouldn't be there. And you, today you say, you know, I want to I recommit my life to Christ. When I ask for forgiveness for my sins, you join with these that raise their hand. Anybody? Quickly, just God bless you. God bless you. Honest hearts and lives. Bless you. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask you all, if you would, to stand, and we're going to, we're going to pray together. Those who raised your hand, I want you to pray out loud. Actually, we're all going to pray this prayer together. And then, after we finish that, I'm going to pray for those of you who are in need of physical healing, for the healing power of Jesus to flow. There are those here 
that you're saved, you love God, but there are habits and addictive behavior that has just clung to your life. And today, you say, I want to be free in Jesus' name. I don't want this thing to continue on in my life. Jesus shed his blood to release us, to deliver us from habit and addictions. And then we're going to pray for the peace of God to settle in on every heart and life. We are living in very troubling times. And I know that some of the stuff that you're going through in your life has nothing to do with what's really going on in the world or our nation. It's just stuff going on in your personal life that has seemed to rob you of your peace. And today, we're going to pray for the peace of God to come. And that in the midst of whatever circumstance it is that you face, listen, you do not face it alone. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so today, allow that peace of God and His peace to settle in on our lives. Can you say amen? Would you just pray this out with me out loud? Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask for your forgiveness. Cleanse me from all of my sin. Come into my heart and life as Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes I am healed. I receive healing in my body today. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood, dying on the cross for the power to be set free from habit and addictions. I receive that today. Your freedom. Thank you, Jesus. You are the Prince of Peace. I receive your peace into my life. I declare you rule and reign over all of my life. And I receive your peace in your name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you give the Lord a big clap and just thank him? Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me just pray over us, if, if I could, just for a moment, those that are viewing online or listening online. Lord, thank you for the power of your cross that forgives us, that sets us free, that heals us, Lord, that brings uh, peace to our hearts. I pray your peace upon every life here today. I pray that as we go from this building, Lord, we go in peace. We experience the, the residue of your peace throughout our lives and throughout this day. We thank you. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Our prayer team is going to be up here in the front. Uh, if you'd like personal prayer, don't forget Wednesday night at 6.30, we're starting our, our series called Life Lessons. I'm going to kick it off uh, on Wednesday night by uh, a lesson called God With Us, the assurance and confidence that comes from the awareness of the presence of God. God bless you. God love you. Enjoy your lunch.
Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.